Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. What's up, Confluencers? Welcome back to another episode of Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. This is a playground to connect a community of women by using our gifts, skills, and talents because it's all about lifting as we climb. How in the world are you? I hope all is well in your universe. Happy end of April to you. May is around the corner. And I pray that you may have everything that you need. May love continues to reside in your heart. May God continues to shine on you. May peace continue to cover you. May all the things that you've hoped for and desired within come your way. April has come and gone. And we will never see April 2021 ever again. And the sad part is we are still dealing with Corona since last year, too, to be exact. And I was reflecting the other day and I really thought about how COVID dropped into our lives unexpectedly and brought some good as well as some bad moments for each of us. Of course, we had to shut down and we had to work from home, but I know it's hard because of the devastation ripped through the land. People lost their loved ones and jobs. But despite it all, y'all, we are still here. Like, think about that for a moment. We are still here. I got to say that again, because, like, it is people that was here this time last year that's not here this year. COVID claimed their lives and we are still here. Wow. He kept his hand of protection on and around us. I never missed a meal. Let me tell you something. I never missed a meal. Actually, I got bigger. <laughs> so pray for me because I done got back in the gym because some got to give. Okay. Um, but I got happier. I got freer. I got financially set free, may I add, during COVID. And I found me. Y'all, I was going through prior to COVID. I, I tell anybody, I think I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown because of so much devastation and loss in my own personal life. And this may sound like an oxymoron, but on the cool COVID kind of like helped me gather myself again and save my life. It allowed us to slow down. We don't realize how fast we were going. And I can see the pace is starting to pick back up. Traffic is starting to come back on the freeways, the malls, the stores, everything is starting to get congested again. But COVID allowed all of us to sit down. It's time to sit down and do some changes. It's time to sit down and do some thinking. It's time to sit down and readjust. And I'm going to ask you to think about that just for a moment. 
I want you to think about and reflect on the silver lining moments in this past year. Just think about that. My silver linings kept coming and they keep coming now. And I cannot wait to share my upcoming news with you. I've been sworn to secrecy, but it is something real big. And I'm so excited about it. I hope you've been catching up on all the episodes. I have. I listened to them in the plane this weekend while I was heading to New Orleans while reading Dick in a Headache. Thank you to all of my amazing guests in season three so far that have given me moments of their time to keep this machine going. This season, I'm trying to bring you guests that will add value and hope to your life. That's how I feel about my guest today, Miss Jalissa Ann. She crowned herself a money mogul and mastered the art of money. Now it is her passion to use her expertise to help others become moguls over their money. She helps you heal your relationship with money so you can make more of it. Ladies of Confluence, let's welcome Jalissa Ann of My Money Mogul. Whoop, 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 whoop. Hey, 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 hey. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Just trying to enjoy a little bit of breaking here. I am, you know, cleaning, spring cleaning, cleaning out closets, throwing away what I don't wear. You know, this pandemic Mm -hmm. has seemed to put some pounds on me. And then, you know taking a break to read um just as i am by cicely tyson which is making me smile and feel Uh all kind of ways because stories is what connect us (laughs) yes i love that i still need to pick that one up i've heard it's good it really is um you know i know we're here to talk about you and your brand but it's just the power of womanhood that makes Mm -hmm. us so strong And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has a story. You just got to be willing to share your own. And I found it so befitting that after she shared and bared her soul, she went on and passed away. Because this is, it's really, it's really good. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Oh, good, good. I'm going to pick it up for sure. Yes. So we just started talking, but tell everyone, who you are and what you do. Okay, so um, my name is Jaleesa Ann. Um, I want to I run a brand called My Money Mogul where I help women um, build wealth and really just it's kind of become more lifestyle because I'm really just helping people to create abundance in every area of their lives. Um, money is only a tool um, that allows us to live the life that we truly desire. And I just want women to be able to have access to the things that they that they want. Create an abundance. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. create an abundance. You know, I want to talk about your journey. 
we mm-hmm. we started talking about Cicely's journey, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know that Jalissa Ann has a journey as well. Mm-hmm. What has this journey been like working as a mom? Congratulations, because you had a baby in a pandemic. I did. <laughs> I did. Um, yes, this journey has been woo, full of peaks and valleys. You know, I started my brand um, and my business. I started it after I was laid off back in, I started in 2015, but I got the idea back in 13 when I was laid off from my job. So the same thing happened to a lot of people during this full pandemic, you know, life throws us unexpected curveballs, And we kind of just have to move with the punches. So I showed up to work one day. And they were like, you don't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. What? Um, Closing the whole building. And they literally told us that they were like, don't come to work tomorrow. Like we're immediately closing the building. It wasn't one of those things where they were like, oh, in two weeks. It's a merger. In a month. Okay. No, and there have been rumors floating. So, I mean, it, but, you know, you try to ignore that because you don't, you don't want it to be true. Um, And I say at that time, you know, the only thing I had, the only thing I had saved for a rainy day was an umbrella, literally. Mm. Um, So I was, I, at that point felt like I had hit rock bottom. Um, And I just really started to evaluate my life because at that moment you know I I was single I didn't have any kids I didn't have any responsibilities I was making good money like I didn't realize how I had got here and I knew that I never wanted to be there again so um I already worked in finance I went back to working in finance I actually was working um contract for a bankruptcy attorney and I just really started to just like learn about money and not just about money, about wealthy people, um, about habits, about things that create wealth, vehicles, real estate, stocks, kind of a little bit of everything. And then in 2015, I started teaching that. Mm. So that's how this whole thing was was born. But of course, since 2015, so many things have happened. You know, I've gotten married. I've had two kids. Um, my business was successful and then it failed. And then you know, I poured so much money into my business and lost a lot of it that, you know, now I'm learning a whole, a whole new lesson. Um, I've gone back to work, you know, it's, it's just been an interesting journey, should I say. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to teach through those lessons and to know that we never really arrive at any destination. Like you don't, you don't, I think sometimes we we wait for certain things to happen, you know, like when I get the job or when I get the husband or when I get the kids or when I get the house or when I retire or whatever it is. And I don't feel like you ever really arrive at a particular place. I've learned to just kind of fall in love with the journey. Yes. I love that. Fall in love with the journey because it's all about the stops along the way. Um right when I talk about the journey, you know, during speaking engagements, I use it as a road trip, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm, I, I go to Dallas, you know, I can get to Dallas in like two and a half hours. Okay. I've been doing that drive a long time, <laughs> but then some days I'm going to stop in Centerville and I'm going to get some barbecue and I'm not going to get the barbecue to go. 
I'm going to sit there and I'm going to enjoy the barbecue. Then I'm going to go back and get a cheesecake and a big red because I wanted to seal it all off. And then when I get up to Corsicana, I'm going to stop again at the chocolate factory. Maybe that's why I can't lose. <laughs> but I like all of the stops because mm-hmm. when I get there, my destination is just as great. But I enjoyed every step of the way. And I take it higher about our journey. Same thing. The stops. I know we hate the detours, getting the gas, all those things that feel like it's just cumbersome. But when we get there, we're going to be more relaxed and we'll get a chance to enjoy the full trip. Yeah. Um, That's why I always ask everybody about their journey. Uh, That's usually always the second question because it's the journey that makes us. Yeah. (laughs) It's the journey. It's me becoming an unwed mom before the age of 25. Um, mm-hmm. getting married. Everybody thinks my ex-husband is my son's father. No, he's not. I'm not a player. You know, I just crush a lot, but you know, <laughs> it's all a part of my journey mm-hmm. and everything that we go through helps other people. So thank you for sharing your journey with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about motivation, money, and wealth. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we've been rocking for a minute, Jalissa. Yeah. We've we been rocking for a minute, yes. Yeah. We met at Brunch and Slay mm-hmm. through a good friend, mutual friend of ours, and mm-hmm. we kept in touch. And so I've been following you on your journey. And one thing, you know, um, I will share with you, you know, this is going to be my first time publicly saying it, you know, but you said that you help people um, with their money, heal people with their money. Mm-hmm. I have a sickness. <laughs> and I just want us to talk about how one can heal their relationship with their money. Yes, yes, absolutely. So when it comes to healing a relationship with money, I think that the first thing that we have to do is acknowledge that, first of all, it is the relationship. I think that... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we have ups and downs and what am I trying to say? I just, I, this is something I'm so passionate about because I think for, for me, I didn't realize that I had a really abusive relationship with money until, Mm. um, years, years later. Um, and I, I think that for me, it started in childhood, but I feel like even my adult decisions only made it worse. Um, and it was one of the things where I used money in order to heal other wounds. Like I was struggling in my relationships. I was, I had a lot of daddy issues. You know, my father passed away when I was very young. Um, and he, he was also very young because both my parents were teenage parents and mm. I used money as like a coping tool. And even when I first started my business, I, I used money as like this thing that was going to like validate me. Right. I thought mm. that if I had money, people would finally see me, they would finally 
approve of me or accept me or, you know, um, all these deep wounds that I didn't even realize that I had. And so sometimes when I'm talking to clients and I hear them talk about their goals and the things that they want to do, I begin asking them, what are the reasons that you want to do this? And surface level, they're like, oh, of course, I want to own my own house or I want to own 20 houses because, you know, they have all these surface level reasons. And when you get deep down to the root of it, you know, you may get down to a story uh, similar to my own where I, like I said, my mom was a teenage mother and she was a single mother and I never felt like I had a home. So owning a home was more, more about more than just the house, more than just the money. It was about me finding a place of stability, me finding a place where I felt safe, right? A place of safety. And to me, if when people set these goals, if they don't sometimes get to the root of why they want them, they'll either be setting goals that A, aren't for them. Maybe their parents, it's something their parents want. Maybe it's something they think society wants for them. Maybe they think it's something that's going to fulfill them or fulfill a void that they never got to heal. And then they achieve these goals and they realize they don't even want it. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. they've created a life they don't even Mm -hmm. want. They've created a life they don't even love. (laughs) They have all this money, but they still feel like something's missing or they don't have the money and, you know, they have the self-esteem issues or whatever, what have you. It's, it's a it can go either way and I think each person's story is individual and and each person's journey is unique and you really can't compare it to the next person oh girl that was good let me tell you that was good um you know I am trying to get financially free myself and Um, A good friend of mine, we were having a conversation. I said, one thing I don't think we teach our children as far as people of color about finances, truly. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I was once a person that used credit cards to bridge the gap from my income to my life, right? Because I was that person that you just named. I too was trying to fill voids. And I, my holes were so big, Jalissa. Eventually, I ran out of holes. And when you run out of holes, it's like, then what? Then what? And I found my just myself with my back against the wall, just in debt, because I'm trying to build this life that to fill my voids. I do have daddy issues. I have mama issues. I have abandonment issues. I have all kind of issues from my childhood. But you're right. Until I got to the core of learning who I was, I have constantly, and I would get out of debt and find myself getting back. In. Like, I just paid all of this out. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? But until I got myself into some therapy and really sat down with what is the core? What, what am I really searching for and it what I when I tell people my, my car outside I said that's my eighth car they're like what yeah mm-hmm. guys to get a new car like every two I, I didn't want it I, I I needed something different but what that really was is that I was searching for something within that I couldn't find myself right and so thank you for sharing 
yes, your story. Yes. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing. And I think that a lot of times people, people miss that. They miss the emotional part of money. It's so emotional. Um, and it's so connected to our inner needs and our inner healing and all those things. Even when we accept certain jobs, like if we're accepting jobs that are below our pay grade, if we're always working for free, like I am really over people, especially telling black women and particularly that we have to settle for less, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to income, like I, I I don't remember where I heard this and I'm not taking credit for this because I heard this somewhere else. I never said this, but I, I heard one black woman say like, she wants the confidence of a mediocre white man um, when she steps into a, into a room. And that's the type of confidence that I've been, you know, yearning for when it comes to um, being paid what, what I believe that I am worthy of. And because some mm-hmm. of us have so many deep, deep-rooted issues, because I myself had really bad abandonment issues, especially when it came to my father, that I didn't think I was worthy of these things. I didn't think I was worthy to ask for a raise. I thought, you know, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. And I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I just need to settle for this mediocre thing. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. for the best that I can get because you know I've and if you were raised like a, like I was you know like with older women like you got you got off of the good job I'm exactly. like what the hell is a good job <laughs> you got that good job and you not ha- like I, you don't think I, I got all of these degrees mm-hmm. $48,000 worth of undergrad another something I thought and I'm supposed to be settled with a good job and I remember telling my mom once good is the enemy of great because I got tired of them saying you got a good job you make more than I did and when I retired that's you this is me and I, I I think again that's the historical thing that we pass down you know from my finances to the words to our self-esteem just I, I tell people all the time you know I said my, my culture we're pretty jacked <laughs> you know yeah. we are jacked up but yeah. it's I am proud of our generation who says hey the, the curse gotta stop right, right. here Mm-hmm. It has to stop. It has to stop. Mm. Yeah, I'm so emotional. I'm so emotional when it comes to money. Yeah, I'll just yeah. give you something that happened to me in LA, and I just wrote a um, an email to the corporate office of the rental car company. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I'm trying to get financially free. So I right now have closed all of my credit cards because that is a weakness. That's like taking the crackhead to the crack house. If I know that I have a credit card, because some days I get weak, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm having honest, com- you know, this is, people say they love my podcast because it's like having girlfriend conversation. I'm yeah. just, I'm just telling my truth. Mm-hmm. So I literally have no more credit cards. I am cash and carry. I have given myself two years to get it together. If I don't have it in the bank, it's not mine. And then Amira and I said, like, if you can't pay for it twice, you don't need it. Right. So we have friends with Lewis. I'm too have a Lewis, you know, but if I don't have it, the Lewis $1,500, 
Mm-hmm. And it just, if you don't have it twice in your bank account, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. So I, I go to rent my car, you know, and I, t- I text you when I was in LA and they charged me more because I was using a debit card and took me down several classifications. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Egg size car. Yeah. I Now I know I'm five two and I, that's enough car, but you're penalizing me because I am choosing on the back end. I know you don't know the story, sir, but I'm giving you my debit card, which is cash and carry, but because I don't have a credit card. And that just, that, I felt that was very insulting to me mm-hmm. because I'm working to become financially free. I've been in shackles, sis. Mm-hmm. Shackled. And I'm trying to heal myself. In many areas of my life, with my money, with my relationship, with my mom, with my dad, mm-hmm. you know, even with my son, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm working on healing and y'all try to put me in a box. I, that, that's a problem for me. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's unfortunate because that is the industry like and I know that there are, are large financial experts that speak out against the car rental industry. Um, they are, you know, even hospitality to some extent, they prefer, I don't, I don't know what the reasoning is behind it, but they want credit cards and they do penalize people for having debit cards. And there are some car rental places, like you have to put a large deposit, you can't do the cash. Um, there's so many different things that they do. I know that I believe Hertz maybe one of the few ones that um, doesn't penalize you for having a debit card. But yes, it is the industry is is something that definitely needs to change. Um, When I first started my debt free journey, you know, I put all my credit cards on ice. And I put them in one of those, those um, plastic to-go containers that you pack up food in and I filled it up with water and I put the credit cards, you know, all throughout the water and then I put it in the freezer. And that was the thing because if I wanted to buy something, I had to sit there and try to dethaw it. I had to chip off the ice. I had to run it over hot water. And by the time I actually thought about it, that gave me, you know, the additional time I needed to think about it to be like, hey, I don't, I don't even need this. But now that was before, you know, every place save your credit card number so you don't you don't actually need the physical <laughs> cards anymore <laughs> um but that is something that I oh did when God. I started my debt-free journey um back in 13 2013 so I I get it you you well, are I, not like, alone. I, I mean because that, I know we're taught like especially again in our culture like credit you know credit is you know, the, the shit, bankruptcy is horrible. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, you know, we're just taught so many ill, correct things as even how to purchase a home as it relates to anything financial in that realm, how to buy stocks, bonds, yeah. you know, rob the cat. We just don't know. And we're That's going true. off of, you know, historical, what our grandma did. I, you know, I, I'll put my money in the bank. Yeah, they shut down my money in the mattress. Like, it's not a cure in the like what like that's crazy but you know I just I'm glad it's people like you in the world that's here to help women you know or anybody for that fact to Mm -hmm. get ahead in life 
you know, and get ahead of your finances. Stop letting it consume you. And th- th- you you see, girl, I'm just over here crying and talking. But yeah. okay. And wait, before you move on, I, I gotta I gotta I gotta talk about this. Because okay. I found that in our community, we worship at the altar of the almighty FICO score, and I hate it. I think there was like a question on social media. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> it's like, would you prefer a million dollars or like $500,000 cash or an 800 credit score? And there are people who would actually choose a credit score. And I'm trying to figure out why in the world would anybody choose an $800, 800 credit score over cash money? And it's it's a mindset. It's a conditioning. It's because we, you know, we have been conditioned to believe that an 800 credit score is what you need. Like, I can't tell you. First of all, I work for a financial institution. I cannot tell you how many people get scammed trying to fix their credit. Mm-hmm. Trying to all they want to do is fix their credit so they can get a house. That's like the number one thing. But they're paying out all this money, and it's like you can't build real wealth because you're too busy trying to get an 800 credit score. So you just throwing mm-hmm. money away because, and I don't know if Talk it's to a, them, <laughs> I don't know if it's like a, a symbol thing. It's like when you get an 800 credit score, you've made it. But keep in mind that stuff is temporary because people that have had 800 have gone right back down to 500. Right, back, right, back, yeah, right back. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a proud five something right now. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and like I just told you, I'm I'm getting out of because I had got over thirty thousand dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. And that's outside of the wedding debt, remind you, okay? That's mm-hmm. that's just my personal by myself, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're you're talking to a person who doesn't make that much money as far as a nine to five. I'm, I'm an educator, so mm-hmm. then on top of your other things, that's just in credit card debt. Let me add that too, right? Because mm-hmm. you can lie on these applications, and I had got it down to a science girl. You know, yeah. and so I but and I remember also you the 800 credit score, but I remember a time where I thought it was a bomb.com when I opened my wallet and girl, you will see 15 credit cards. Yeah. That was your girl in college. I had from everything from Express to Montgomery Wars, Lord Rest They Soul and you know, retail heaven <laughs> to yeah. you know, Foley's. Lord rest they soul, you know, then Mason's bought them out Mason. to Dillard. Like you had it. You named it. I had it. Mm-hmm. And and but that's because I grew up poor. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate it when my mom was like, well, I didn't have it. And so I was like, okay, when I became grown, which mm-hmm. many of us think that way, we are hood rich in our mind on how we yeah. operate with our finances, you know, that hood rich mentality. And mm-hmm. I, I cop it, I want it. We listen to what these rappers say and we think it's okay for us and it's simply not. Right. And it's it's not okay for all of them either because, I mean, Ooh. history has shown us that a lot of them end up very, very broke and declaring bankruptcy themselves. So, um, you know, there are the few that will obviously have more money that they'll never go broke, but there are plenty that we have seen go broke in our lifetimes. Mm. So, I mean... 
I I did it too. I I wanted to I wanted to, to me I needed to look successful. It's like I've graduated from college mm. now. I got a job. You know, I need me a new car. I need me a new a new apartment in the city. It need to face the lake. It need to have the windows. And I, I need mm. all this. It need to have the nice kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I I mm. went through all of that. And I also found myself in debt. And then I also found myself on that Wednesday because I I remember the day it was a Wednesday when I got that email about that three o'clock meeting and by 4 30 I was packing up my desk <laughs> and not knowing how I was going to pay for my new car my rent my student loan payment my mm. growing credit card debt not knowing anything <laughs> you know feeling so helpless and you know I can't imagine Millions of people have felt that way in 2020 because we had no idea that life was going to change the way that it was going to change. I mean, no one could have predicted what happened last year. And there are many people that went through the same thing that I experienced in 2013. So I'm, I'm definitely all about educating people on the habits to create real wealth and also letting go of this emotional need to for all these fillers you know Mm. why why what is the real reason you want the 800 credit score because I don't I don't think it's the reason you're telling me (laughs) and I know it's not and I know that if if I can spend 20 minutes with you I bet you we can get to the real reason and it's going to be something that is probably going to surprise you because it's something you're 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 suppressing something that you don't even necessarily want to face So what's a good habit and a bad habit as it relates to money? Well, good habits, I would say, are um, definitely definitely thinking about your purchases. Um, when it comes to time, I find that wealthier, more financially savvy people, even people that are just pretty much good with money, they they think about their purchases in this thing called time perspective. So they take into account, not today, not tomorrow, but how is this decision going to affect me in five years? Mm. Whereas growing up in poverty, growing up in, you know, the black culture, like we have been, we've had to learn how to survive, but to survive for today, right? Yeah. We've learned how to, we've got to survive for this month. We've got to survive for this week. And it's like, we can't even imagine five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now because we are just trying to make it right now. And that mindset is still ingrained in us. And so when we're making purchases, when we're making financial decisions, we're not thinking about how this decision is going to affect us five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now. We're not thinking about how that $1,500 Louis Vuitton bag could have been invested (laughs) in a different stock and that now $1,500 could be (laughs) $8,000, you know, rather than a dusty purse eight years later in our closet that we probably are just going to either maybe sell in a resale shop, maybe give to our little cousin, maybe even just give to the Goodwill. Mm. Oh, girl, that's that was good. That was good. You say it's called time perspective. 
time perspective. I'm taking notes like I'm in school. Yes, yes. And that's just basically how much time are we taking into account when we are making financial decisions? Um, The next thing is we have to know our worth and we have to focus on exploding our income. And, you know, I used to think that (laughs) when I first started my business, I think that I had the mindset of like, you know, that was really when the online space was kind of getting big. And it was like, everyone was all about like, make $10,000 in 10 months, or I mean, in 10 minutes, you know, Mm $10,000 in 10 minutes. And it's still, there's still a lot of that going on here. But to me, I think about mainly how can I double, triple, quadruple my income in 10 years? Not 10 seconds, but in 10 years. Um, and I think that that makes you focus on a certain skill set. You know, it, it's not like... And it makes it something more feasible. I think the whole $10,000 in 10 minute thing, it sounds good, but most people don't really see that as a reality for them. However, if you're thinking about how can I double my income in five or 10 years, that's something that seems feasible for you. Like you can actually create a plan and follow it with small actions that isn't something like stay up 20, you know, 16 hours or 24 hours a day working like a Hebrew slave. So okay. that's another, another habit. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay. Okay. So I, I'm learning. I am learning so much in this interview with you. And we've had personal conversations offline, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I've, I've always been impressed with your money sense and savvy when it comes to how you educate, you know, us in such a gentle way. And it's just, I feel like I'm just talking to my homegirl right now about how to help people get better. And I keep saying financially, you know, free, but I think you, you'll use the term financially independent, right? Independent. Yeah. So what does it mean to be financially independent after I've done this time perspective thing? So um, financial independence is, um, it started out, I don't know, I don't really know how it started out, but it is like a huge movement. And I will tell you that the people that started the movement don't look like us. <laughs> um, it, I feel like most people uh, within the movement are My last guest, this is tech. funny, three weeks in a row, all of my guests have said, follow the white people, sis. But whatever, I mean, all three, all three weeks in a row. Like, I'm like, should I make that a meme? Because they don't look like us. One girl said, our peach brothers and sisters. I was like, okay, so go ahead. <laughs> but, but I will say that, you know, there are more people of color coming into this space and saying like, hey, we need to do this for our community. And they're banding together Um and and doing this and I'll give you some people to kind of like follow that are that are going through this whole fire movement but the fire movement is basically where people are um acquiring massive amounts of wealth and money within a short period of time so and there's there's so many different ways that they do it typically they are higher income earners um or their business owners or their real estate investors um 
the three main ways that you build wealth are through business, real estate, or stocks, because you need something that is going to appreciate higher than inflation. Mm. And I could go deep into all of that, but just keep in mind inflation's typically, you know, three percent, three, four percent. And so you need something that's gonna appreciate over 10 years on average, you know, at least eight percent. So that's why people do it in real estate, business, or stock. Um, but you acquire a nest egg within about 10 years. Typically, the fire movement, they do it in about 10 years. And you live off of that nest egg. So whether that be a real estate portfolio, whether that be a stock portfolio, and you're living off the dividends, or that be a business that you are living off the proceeds. Um, so that is the ultimate goal, um, to buy back our time, buy back, you know, being able to spend time with our families, being able to make decisions that don't have to be like, well, I have to be at work because I have to make this money. It's like, I either have, I have my money working for me in some Mm. way, shape or form. And that's what the fire movement is all about. And there's all these ratios. I actually created a guide. I'm going to go ahead and put it on my website now that you've uh, mentioned it to me today. Um, I created it probably like a year ago and I haven't put it out there yet, but it's the Money Mogul's Guide to Fire, which is financial independence, retire early. And I talk about my particular blueprint to this fire movement. I like that. Fire stands for? Financial independence, retire early. I like it. Because I surely do want to retire early. I, I surely do. You know, I, yeah. I think that educating has has its perks, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, but I know I can't see myself going another 20 years in front of some children and trying to make that because it, everything is a community thing for us. And I, I have to unlearn the uneducated you know that's it starts with our communities and once we start with our communities then we can start building better homes and better children and make better decisions you know but i i can't see myself i I really can't my nerves getting bad it's getting i'm getting old i'm getting old i understand and i'm one one person that you should definitely follow that's a part of the fire movement um it's a black couple i think they're out of dc called rich and regular they have a blog they have um, a YouTube. <laughs> they are awesome, rich and regular. They're definitely, you know, trying to bring this fire movement message back to the community so that, you know, Black people know that they can do this too. Mm. So, okay, these semi checks and hit. So, what yep. is a good investment that somebody can do? Like if you are below seventy five thousand a year and you're by yourself, you got the fourteen. But if you have a child, you got double that. So what is mm-hmm. a good investment that somebody can do? You know that trying to become financially independent. Okay, so first things first. Before I forget to mention it, I have to caution you. Um, I think a lot of people, whenever they come up on, on money, like, oh, I'm going to get my tax return. Let me go invest it. You know, let me, and that's a great mindset to have. But for me, I want people to build the habit of investing every time they get paid, every time money hits their hand. And I don't care if it's $20. And that's what I tell people. Start with $20, start with $10. Trust me, the habit 
the habit of investing $20 a paycheck is going to is going to do so much more for you than you get this one-time stimulus package and you go invest it. While that's great, I need you to get into the habit of thinking like a long-term investor and thinking that every time money hits your hand, I need to be putting it away for this nest egg that I'm building for my future. You know, I need to be putting every dollar that, every chunk of change that hits my hand, part of it needs to go work for me in my investment accounts. (laughs) Um, So with that being said, you have the $1,400 or the $2,800 or however much you got, you and your family got. My investment strategy is not complex. I'm not a complex person. I like to keep it simple, mainly because if you keep it simple, you're actually going to stick with it. I invest in what's called a low cost index fund. And it's basically like a pool of stocks. Um, I alternate between two funds. One is like a total market index fund, which basically mimics the entire stock market. And the other one is called a large cap index fund, which mimics um, the S&P 500, which is basically like the top 500 companies. Um, And all I do is alternate in investing in those. So every time I'm getting paid, I'm investing in one or I'm investing in the other. Same thing with um, I started investing for my kids now. So I opened both of them up in investment account. My son, I opened his as soon as I got his social. My daughter, we didn't do hers till she was one because she was the first person, the first one born and we weren't prepared to invest for her yet. And we started with just $25 a paycheck. Wow. In both of their accounts. And we invest in the same thing <laughs> every single time. So, um, yeah, just you can hop on YouTube. You can, you know, Google what a large cap index fund, what the S&P 500 is. You just need to open a brokerage account. Um, You can open it with the top brokerages, Vanguard, Fidelity. I am not a fan of Robinhood. I never have been. I don't know if if you familiar, Charlie, with what happened with Robinhood. And the games. GameStop. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they stop people from buying GameStop. I'm not a fan of Robinhood, so I don't invest in... I don't invest with their platform. An alternative to Robinhood that I just recently, probably the last month, started investing in is um, Publix. And um, if you go to my website, I or if you go to mymoneymogul.com slash free stock, you will see um, my referral link to Publix. The thing I love about public over all of the other platforms is that you can follow other investors and see what they are investing in. So that makes it more like a social thing. So if you're somebody who just kind of wants to observe and learn, it's the perfect platform for you because what I do is I follow all my favorite stock investors, all my friends that I know are actually good at investing in stock. And I, I pay attention to what they write about. Um, companies release certain earning statements. They talk about why their stock has gone down or up on that platform, uh, which is really cool because I know when Bumble went public, I invested in Bumble and then it had a little bit of a dip. And then I was all over their page trying to see like what, what people were saying about why it, why it went down. So I think it's an awesome platform for beginners. Okay. Okay. 
listen, you are you are helping us today. So now, I'm like, I know I said a lot. Right no, there. like <laughs> no, like I am. I am grateful that you are sharing with the ladies of confluence because this is a community. You know, to help women understand, like we said, the journey, the struggle, the uh, triumphs, the trials. Like we want to know it all. So thank you for just being open, uh, uh, open book. People want open books. Like if people invest their time, their ears, their money, they want to know what they need to know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you said, like that. I don't want the gimmick. I'm tired of gimmicks. I want the greatness. Yeah. You know. And so thank you for sharing the greatness and not the gimmicks. Absolutely. So, all right. Now let's get on some personal stuff. Tell me yeah. one thing that you are rocking confidently in your life right now. Um, I'm going to say motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> because it hit me like a ton of bricks. Man, I honestly, I did not, I was not prepared for for the the lifestyle change that is motherhood <laughs> um <laughs> I'll say that I have so much more respect not only for my own mom but for all moms there all moms out there y'all ooh, bless your heart and then I I had two two under two my daughter she's three now so now I have two under three three and under but oh my goodness it's work it's work and job. listen I tell people <laughs> it's a thankless job right your kids don't yeah. say thank you and some days you don't feel appreciated but I literally just called my mom the other day like driving along Pacific Coast Highway and I said I just got a call to tell you I'm sorry no and I said no yeah. I get it and she said what do you mean I said remember that time um we were in Anaheim you know a lot of people don't know that I actually used to live in LA as a little girl um I said we were in Anaheim and we were at Disney where I believe and mom used to go to Carl's Jr. See, I knew about Carl's Jr. before Carl's Jr. came to Texas. And she would like, you know, mm -hmm. get the little burgers girl. And, you know, but I was growing. I, I, I needed a chicken finger basket. And my mom, because she too is a finance major degree, she held tight mm -hmm. to her money, honey. That, that was not mm -hmm. in the budget. And girl, I remember acting a fool in Disneyland behind a chicken finger basket. Again, I struggle, right? Food is my friend. And <laughs> I said, I get it. Because you yeah. are trying to give your child an experience, trying to show them something different, trying to take them out of Texas, trying to expose them. And they just be like, oh, okay. All right. I said, I get it. It took me 30 something years to get it, but I get it. And she, and she said, yeah. thank you. And I was like, it's the thankless job. But I, I know one day your babies are going to call you and say, I get it, mom. I get it. Yeah. So keep doing. Keep toiling, girl. I'm, I'm almost done. I got two more years. He'd be grown. And then, but it never stops. <laughs> but, you know, it never it, stops. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> they say it never stops. But, yeah, I agree with you because I, I didn't have to call my mom and tell her thank you quite a few times because not only could I not imagine doing this you know, when I was 16 years old, because my mom, you know, was a teenage mother, like, I I just have so much more appreciation and admiration for her, like, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and my last question is, what is your definition of a woman of confluence? When you think about the word confluence, a woman that is confluent to you, 
is? A woman that is confluent to me, I would say, is definitely someone that is owning her power. Um, She's definitely confident, definitely someone that is not free from mistakes, is not free from fear, Mm. but does things in spite of, in spite of the fear, you know, is able to acknowledge her mistakes and not only acknowledge her mistakes, but admit them and, you know, allow other women to learn from them. Because I think that one thing that I had to like literally burn (laughs) um, in my life, literally just like completely work in therapy to get rid of is this ideal of perfection. Mm. You know, like I, I'm not perfect. No other woman is perfect. It helps me to have so much more grace for other people. Um, It has me, it allows me to have so much more grace for myself just to see that like we are all doing the best that we can. And sometimes, and not even sometimes, that always is enough. Mm. (laughs) That is always enough. Girl, you done said a mouthful because I want to do a podcast um, by the title, Is There a Such Thing as Having It All? Because when you think you have this over here, right, I become financially, you know, wealthy over here, but then, you know, this happens. And then I get my son to college and then this happens. Like, can you have it all? You know, and because we are living with this idea of perfect or perfection, we think we should have it all, all at the same time, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you um, and learn more about you, the brand, follow you, get help and your counseling advice. Yes, absolutely. So um, you can reach out to me. My website is mymoneymogul.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at mymoneymogul. I also per- post on my personal page, which is just Jaleesa Ann. I have a um, podcast myself called Secrets of a Money Mogul, uh, where I talk, I, <laughs> I started the podcast talking about um, how you can have it all, right? <laughs> and then I realized, you know, you can have it all. It's but not, not going to be, gonna perfect. be perfect and it, it might not be, be like- at the same time. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I have like had the perfect, <laughs> man in my eyes and then girl like oh his dexterity is like so small like oh my god (laughs) oh god you know or you know that was right and then this was wrong his teeth was fake like golly golly you just came out at the same time you you have to just work to get there that's all It's true. It's true. But it, it became an authentic space for me to share my stories. So, <laughs> and some of the stories of other people. So, hey, that, that works. Well, thank you for coming on and giving us your time. I appreciate you so very much. And your family is just gorgeous. And I love the kids. And, you know, you just, you continue to rock out. Thank rock you. out, sis. Just rock out. Thank you. Thank you. And same to you. Thank you so much for having me. You are still one of the most amazing and dynamic speakers I've ever seen in person. So I can't wait for this to get back to being like in person because this started out like in person events. Yeah. Right. Then you did the podcast. I've had to do some some um, some shifts, you know, like as they say, shifts yeah. happen. Yeah. So I've had to do some shifts and I am back in 
because my journey has changed. Um, who I was when I first started out in 14 is not who I am today. Um, and I am, like I said, on this journey to help other women, but I'm trying to find my new voice in the wind. Um, I, 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 I'm no longer just that divorced woman. I'm that divorced woman with some other stuff that's come along with it um, that I'm pretty sure that other women can learn from, get advice from as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Always, thank you for having me. Anytime. And there that is. Thank you so much, sis, for the interview. Jalissa, you know I got you. I'm so proud of you and your beautiful children and you still thriving in a pandemic. Ladies of Confluence, please go like, follow, and share in the journey. And if you're looking for someone to educate you on how to fall in love with your money so you can master it, please give Jalissa a call. She will not disappoint. This interview was so informative and so right on time. I told you I became financially free during COVID. So this was just right up my alley. Mm, Thank you for adding value to my life with this interview. Well, that's it for me this week. I'm off to update this media kit of mine and add Red Apple recipient to my list of achievements. But I have a question for you. What's on your list of things to do? Even though it's not Christmas, make a list and check it twice. It's time to get some things done. I feel it. We are coming out of this pandemic. Until next week, be a contagious influence everywhere you go. Because confluence should be a part of your lifestyle. Smooches, confluencers. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, because I didn't. Be sure to get your copy of my new book, Dick in a Headache, from Amazon. <laughs>